so I reiterate here, the bill is dead. The story of this great city is about the years before this night. What's up? This is Ho Ho Hong Kong. I am Andy Curtin and uh, no more Vivek this week, but I've got Muhammad Magdi. How you doing, buddy? I'm Muhammad Mahbubani. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just getting the nearest brown guy that yeah, I can exactly. find after Vivek. <laughs> um, and I'm very excited about today's guest. We've got Shanae Merchandani. How Hi. you doing? Hey, I'm good. Thank you so much for coming on. The reason we've got you on today is because you are one of the uh, the brilliant minds behind Bookazine. Thank you. Uh, the darling of retail in uh, Hong Kong. And before we get into it, um, what? how do we find you on social media? Uh, find me on, at the other Muhammad on Instagram. You're on Facebook? You're on Facebook? You, uh, you got a yeah, page. Yeah, yeah. Muhammad Magdi on Facebook as well. Yeah. It's just my name. Yeah, Everyone knows me. Instagram is what I use for, for work, like publicity, whatever. Oh, so. look at you, businessman. Yeah, yeah. I'm approaching a thousand followers. Follow me. Uh, yeah, I'm Andy Curtin on everything, and you've just launched a new website, Bookazine. We have, Bookazine has, so it's bookazine.com.hk. Awesome, and can, what, what, what features does it have? Can we get books on there? It's just book selling on there. Yeah, no, actually, we have a blog, um, events, well, no events this year, but usually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Lots Damn of it. lists, curated reading lists um, on there for people who want to browse and see what we're reading at work so yeah i find those lists really useful actually but like when i'm trying to find what to read like like bill gates does one yeah this Mm. is his summer reading list yeah yeah which is is awesome oh i haven't seen the obama one but he's he's just got a book out he has a book out it's the biggest book book of the year they sold eight hundred and fifty thousand copies on the first day yeah Wow. Yeah, we over-ordered thinking it's going to be good and we've almost sold Oh, out. that's just you. No, no, we... The no world. <laughs> I was like, no damn. Like, is everyone in Hong Kong <laughs> reading it? <laughs> so is it sold out here already? We're almost sold out. Hopefully we'll get stock soon. But wow, okay. Let's see, yeah. Are there book deliveries in Hong Kong? Can so we do that through oh, wow. our new website, bookazine.com. <laughs> <laughs> we did not plan that in advance, let me just say. <laughs> and then the cool thing is all the inventory you see on our website, we have. Right. So it's plugged into our inventory like system. Like the stock system. I literally didn't ask that question <laughs> yeah. in case the answer was no. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, no, but we deliver I'm hamburgers. Like, <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> does, does your website offer, you know, um, put someone to read the book for you? you know? um, anyway, before we get into it, I, I very embarrassingly forgot to plug Aftermath. Kyle from Aftermath has They're been amazing. He's yeah. been an absolute gem. Huge supporter of the comedy scene. Uh, I recorded a few podcasts in there. He got up early on a Sunday to do it for me and then I forgot to mention how grateful we are. So <laughs> go support Aftermath. They've been hit like the rest of us by COVID. They're a great bar. Alicia and Kyle are amazing. Uh, it's a really nice venue because you can also see live music when it's back. And good stand-up as well. Good stand-up. They have board games. They have a nice kitchen. Decent price. They're really, really cool guys. Oh, you really so. got your marketing boots on today, don't yeah. you? Yeah. What's, what's the venue? Uh, it's Aftermath. It's on, oh. a, it's on Wyndham Street. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, Wyndham Street or Wyndham Road? It, it's on Wyndham Road and it's like across the street from Tycoon. And uh, yeah, we're just like an underground dive it, bar. Yeah, but it's okay. it's got a, a good performance space and we, yeah. we, we do quite a few shows there. So yeah, that's really great. nice. Sounds yeah, awesome. Yeah, it's great. Anyway, so going back to you, let, let's just start like you weren't born in Hong Kong. I wasn't. I came here. Well, my, my dad immigrated here first. He He's from India. Um, and Where in India? 
Bombay, but he was working in Nepal, um, and the story goes that he had to run away from the tax authorities for some reason. And so then they, they went back to Bombay. My, he'd just gotten married and sort of mustered enough money, or perhaps it was sponsored, to get a plane ticket to Hong Kong. Uh, previously, he had worked with his uncle in India who ran a book publishing house. So he had the book experience um, under his belt. Um, he came from very humble background, family of eight. His father, so my grandfather, passed away when my dad was three years old. And so he was brought up by his mom, who was illiterate. Um, and they, you know, they literally begged, borrowed, stole to, to, to get by. Didn't finish high school. Um, and so, yeah, he comes to Hong Kong. There was a distant relative who was also in the book business. And he started working with him. I think he came with 50 Hong Kong dollars, uh, which back then maybe was a lot of money. Yeah, right. So how many houses did he buy? <laughs> which, which year was that? Yeah, what year? 1972. Wow. Yeah. Um, stayed in Chungking Mansions, the famous Chungking Mansions. <laughs> yes. oh, my I lived God. right like five minutes away from Wait, there. was it nice back then? <laughs> no, I, think so. I think it was worse. <laughs> like they know. actually cleaned it up. Yeah. As far as I know, like yeah, yeah there was a fire. At Wait, some they point. cleaned it up. Yep. They cleaned it. Yeah, up. yeah. There is a really oh cool my movie. God. There is this famous Hong Kong director, Chongqing Express. Yes, yeah. I love it's that movie. It's a really is it, cool movie. Is it good? I it's so very good. good, dude. I saw, I saw it like three times. It's yeah. very good. It's, okay, I gotta watch yeah. it. I, I, someone sent me the trailer. Or I also, people on. will trash me for not knowing the name of the director. Wang Kai Wan. Here we go. Wang Kai Wan. Oh, you got it. Edit that. Edit. Yeah. And I just went. You totally look like you made that. <laughs> She's like, yeah, it's, his name is Aftermath Conduit. <laughs> <laughs> Can you edit that in as if I said it? Okay. <laughs> and then get it right. <laughs> no, I'm going to edit in the sound of crickets after, <laughs> after you blanked <laughs> horrifically. Uh, yeah, great movie. Really good movie, yeah. Um, yeah, so, and he, he tells the story about how he lived on... Um, you know the Chinese steam buns and condensed Bowser. milk? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 20 cents. So he lived on, on those for, I think, a year. This is still the same price in mainland <laughs> China, <laughs> by the way. Actually, 19. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then uh, worked with this relative, um, pretty much ran the company. Uh, so where, how did the company start? So, so, yeah, so he was working with a relative who used to bring in uh, books. Into Hong Kong. Into Hong Kong from the UK. And remember, Hong Kong was a British colony mm, back then. I do remember, yeah. Um, and so he <laughs> saved enough money to then get airline tickets for my mum and me to come. So the first time he met me, I was two years old. And, wow. And uh, he tells a story about, so the airport back then was Kai Tak. Mm. Right, yeah. yeah I, we were ju- I was walking past there the other day. My buddy was telling me how crazy it was that the they had this. The landings were crazy. Yeah. yeah. So for people that don't know Hong Kong, Kai Tak's like, like it's, it's tiny city, but it's also yeah. city. Yeah, it's residential. The planes would literally yeah, fly and because over. of the right. hills there, they had to like yeah. do a turn not yeah. to get in low enough. And the landing, and it was like a hardcore <laughs> landing. Yeah, always. Do you re- do you ever fly into that? Did you yeah, ever find that airport? I yeah, did, yeah. And I, I, I always thought that's how planes landed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, how weird was it when you landed in like a regular airport? When you're like, <laughs> and you're like, oh, are we flying are we just here? above the ground? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do we land in a net? <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, I, I met him when I was two years old. Um, and, then, and then, you know, his stories are all these milestones like... 
he um, then he then they moved out of the they were living again with relatives they moved out got their own place uh, my sister was born so uh, I, maybe I missed it so he came here like just as a scout before you yeah. br- he brought your wife that's yeah. a hard sell yeah hey I know you're about to have a child yeah <laughs> but I'm off yeah I'll be I'll I'll have a ticket ready for you in two years you're gonna lo- years. you're gonna love the landing <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> pretty much yeah that's an ambitious man right yeah. there yeah um, and then he, I think he must have asked the relative for a partnership because he was running the company and that relative said no. So he, he started in competition with him and he started his own book distribution company. So back then, everybody imported from the UK because it was a British colony. Mm. So he started importing from the US and he had lower prices and he was able to undercut the market. Then he also opened new distribution channels. So we they would sell to the newsstands and like one bookshop that was in Hong Kong. Which at that time were a big deal, right? Yeah, yeah. because that's the only place you could get <coughs> books and magazines. Right. He brought in magazines and he started selling to the chain stores. So Park and Shop, Welcome, Mannings, Watsons became his clients. And in the well, 80s... Park and Shop's been around that long? I was about long. to ask, yeah, were forever. all these brands around back then? They were, but they weren't as big. Like, you didn't have so many of right. them. And, yeah. and where we used to get our um, groceries from mm. was convenience stores. So you had lots of these, I think they're called So Keys. And maybe they're called that because that was the name of the store, So Key. Yeah. These mm. little provision stores that you still see around Hong yeah. Kong. Um, and that's where we get our bread and our milk and yeah. What wow. what part of town did you live in as a kid? We lived on Robinson Road. Oh, so just around the corner, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. From Conduit. <laughs> <laughs> Muhammad thought that Conduit Road is pronounced Conduit. <laughs> he kept word. saying this word. He said it once, and I was like, <laughs> and then he said it again. I'm like, all right, what are you what are you trying to say? <laughs> what does the taxi say? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's hard enough to get the taxi driver <laughs> to understand anything. Um, and so, how did it? T- was it just blown out early? I guess he had a price advantage. So yeah, he had a price advantage. He knew the clients. He built the client base. And then what happened was his one of his biggest clients, one of the chain stores, he had a falling out with them over payment. So mm. It was a systems issue. And he was the sort of guy who, um, you know, it was his way or the highway. So he said, if you, you know, if you don't pay me, I'm going to pull all my books and magazines out of your hundred stores overnight, which he did. And suddenly we had all this inventory. And, you know, I've thought about it. What would I have done? I would have probably gone to my other clients and tried to sell more. Right. Or I would have looked for new clients. But he opened Bookazine. Yeah. And it was around the time that my mom, um, you know, we were older and my mom was looking for a job she was looking for a job as a teacher and by this time you got a sister i've got a sister um who's my business partner and Adi was born here she was mm. yeah at the canosa yeah oh nice around the corner <laughs> yeah <laughs> have you been to any other no. part of hong kong yeah once i went to Kowloon yeah. once <laughs> for the airport <laughs> when they had an airport there you know there's a book is in there she's like that's I bet funny. you've never been. Yeah. <laughs> um, wow. So, yeah, so it, we opened the first store in the Hopewell Center. And after that, and my mom ran it. And after that, Princess Building, which, which was like, that, that's, that's the location that, you know, had impact. And that's when the brand started to take off. So, and yeah. what year was that? 
85 was the first store. So this year is our 35th anniversary. When we wow. had no Amazing. event to celebrate, yeah. we canceled yeah. all our marketing <laughs> plans. Well, we kept postponing it, postponing I have this theory that like everyone who had any special event this year should just do it next year. I think this, so yeah. too. No birthday, like next year just I will celebrate my 31st again. <laughs> because, you know, 2020 just doesn't count anymore. Yeah. So you should celebrate One 35th. One party, 2021. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's been so tough. And I think we're heading into it again. You know, we, we came here to open a, a venue that got shut yeah. down. Um, the comedy club. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. The Rift. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not the Rift, the Rift. <laughs> the Rift is what happened afterwards. Exactly. <laughs> I didn't even know you're not saying it ironically, yeah. but yeah. it's the Rift now. Yeah, all right, Conjury. It's like, like a judgmental pronunciation right now. <laughs> it's a different word, she said, okay? It's not the same. <laughs> no, my sister went. She loved it. Oh, she really? Yeah, great. Bad, and then you guys closed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. well, uh, you know, if, uh, if COVID ever passes, we may, might have put something else up. <laughs> Um, hey, do you have an event space in Bookazine? Yeah, sure, come. <laughs> so, is reading's a big thing in your family, right? Yes. Um, so, my like I said, my dad didn't really have a formal education. They didn't even his brothers and sisters didn't even finish high school. But what he did was he read because his uncle used to sell books, so they yeah. always had books, and he he read so much. And I think that's that's sort of what gave him the brains that he had. You know what I think is crazy is the emphasis that we have on like tertiary education. Yes. And then people don't read. Yes. Yeah. It's crazy. Because yeah. like as an adult, yeah. that's where you, you can like, this is how you continue to learn is you keep yeah. consuming books and stuff. And yeah. I, I remember I recommended a book to a friend of mine. He's like, books he's like do people I still know. read books i'm like no. what are you talking about i read so many people say bookazine i don't read yeah <laughs> like they say it proudly. like it's a normal yeah. yeah like it's normal yeah i mean i don't want to be, be i don't want to be judgy mcjudge face but i just yeah. think to just the comparison yeah. it's like if people don't want to read fine you know yeah. whatever people want to exercise fine lifestyle yeah. choices but it's just funny to me how much emphasis we have yeah. on tertiary education yeah. how much did you learn at university that is like continually helping you right now. Yeah. Right? Whereas if you read, you're Whereas constantly you, learning. Exactly. Yeah. Right? Like that's And you're what learning it, to learn as well. You're if if I was facts. hiring someone and education was important, I think having like a healthy reading habit would be way more important than like yeah. some like, slick university mm. they went to. Well, it's funny because when I interview people, even just for, you know, sales assistant job, I say to them, um, do you read? And they always say yes, because they know it's an interview for a bookshop. And so then I say, well, what was the last book you read? Mm -hmm. And there's just black. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they'll go, Harry Potter, <laughs> the do, Bible. What's your view on that, though? Oh, wow. um, I expect it. My, my favorite was when someone said, oh, I read this great book, The Art of Not Giving a... Yeah. You'll have to read yeah, yeah. that, yeah. Yeah. And I was like, isn't that a book about not working too hard? Right, yeah, yeah. Taking it easy? Yeah. But I don't even know. I read that's that book. That's kind of funny. <laughs> it's like you're the in a job, job interview. interview. <laughs> yeah. What's the last book you read? <laughs> How to not work hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cruising through life without trying. I didn't. I, did, I learned so much. <laughs> I did read that book and I couldn't get the big deal about it. Because oh, my sister was the same. She didn't yeah, like it. Yeah, I didn't like it at all. I was like, I okay. read it sold so well. I haven't mm. read it. You did, yeah. yeah. I haven't read it, but I did listen to a podcast with the guy who wrote it and it was very interesting to hear him talk about what it's like to have a hit book mm. yeah what did he say uh just that you just don't know 
what's going to be a hit and, and replicating it is always impossible. Yeah. Like he's just like, he's like, yeah, I'm continuing to write books. And, and I think he did release another book after that. He did this year or last year, but recently. Yeah. yeah. Like, like in, it definitely and on it that was, timeline. Uh, I don't know, but, but he like openly admitted, he's like, I could just, ne- I cannot expect to, to hit like okay. something that clicks like zeitgeist stuff. You just yeah. never know. I mean, for the analogy for us is like, I, I have this theory that for a comedian to be an arena act, you need all the pieces to be a club act, maybe even a small theater act. Plus you've got to catch some wave yeah. or, or something, you know, like Russell Peters, you might be familiar yeah. with, right? He's the obvious one. One, yeah. He, it, he didn't even do it, but somebody put, he was the first person to have an hour of comedy on YouTube. Mm. Okay. That's why he's famous. Because of YouTube. He was the first person to have an hour of stand-up on YouTube. <laughs> and not to say that he's not funny, yeah. but it, it, that's, what, that's the, that was what was the difference between him and, and other comparable comedians yeah. that were out there is that he just caught that Sometimes way. Sometimes you just and have then to he also, yeah. also, he was a different point of view to a lot of what was out there. You know, he was, um, you know, child, child of immigrant parents and that resonated yeah. with a lot of a fan base and stuff like that. So there's sort of that, that there's these... Th- connecting pieces that just launch someone between being a club act to being i mean he sold you know he sold i think thirty thousand tickets in singapore he he did like one special in sydney when it looked like what sixty thousand. it looked really really no 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 one's done no no one does sixty thousand. he he did twenty thousand in melbourne yeah yeah yeah. maybe that's the one it's still i know the photo you're talking about yeah yeah twenty thousand is big yeah I mean, yeah. e- even like arena. But he also sold multiple to, shows. Just to put it in perspective for yeah. you visually, mm. uh, it, it, in a theatered setting at the Mercedes Benz Arena, that's yeah. only 16,000 seats. Yeah. So, yeah. That's a lot. He was also like, uh, in, in a, because he was my, one of my early introductions to stand up, because I grew up in Egypt and I've always seen stand up as white people and black people. And Russell Peters was really interesting because he was brown people. He was the first yeah. comedian who has that immigrant comedy. Yeah. And I related to it as a brown person as well. Yeah. And so many people like me in my generation, because also YouTube came for us pretty late. And that was the first thing that we saw was Russell Peters' comedy. And that's how he got big all over like the, the third world countries. Because yeah. before that, it was just like this thing that we can't relate to. It's an American form of art. But Russell Peters made it sound it like, relatable. oh, yeah, I mean, exactly. You could laugh at it before, but That's suddenly right. it was close to home. Yeah. Do you feel there are any authors out there that have, have changed your perspective like that? You know, can you think of any authors where you're like, wow, this is, this, I, I connect. What do you prefer, fiction so or nonfiction? I prefer fiction. Um, I guess when I was young and searching, figuring out who I was, and I remember. Recently. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> um, Hanif Qureshi, Buddha of Suburbia, um, he wrote about, he, so he is an, he's a uh, Pakistani author, but living in London, and he, he wrote about what it was like growing up as an immigrant in London. So it was, mm. it was fiction, but it was semi-autobiographical. And I could really relate to that. And then there was this whole era of books like that. Mm. And you have, now you have Zadie Smith, who writes like that, where you, you talk about what it's like, you know, like me in Hong Kong. It's not being from here, but yet this is home and, and how we fit in. So I, so I guess those types of authors, yes. Just to take a little tangent there, how do you feel with your identity in Hong Kong? You know, is this, do, you, do you feel that you will be here forever? 
It's a hard question, it's right? It's a hard <laughs> question, especially... Because it's changed. It's changed. It changed a lot, yeah. I don't think I'll be here forever, but it is home. It is home, but I think at some point we'll need to... We'll need to move on. And because Hong Kong's such a fast-paced city, mm. I don't think I want to sustain or maintain that pace of life. But if you don't, then there's no point being here, really. Then you're better off being somewhere else, enjoying the quietness and the serenity of, of somewhere else. So. Mm. so going back to book scene a little bit, like obviously this year has been very challenging. Is there any other periods that you've had, you know, over the dec- three decades now, right. more than three decades, that... When things got tough, because so, SARS, I'm, I'm guessing, yeah, affected you as well. I mean, that would have been the time. So going back to my dad, um, by the you know by the 1990s, he had 13 shops, all the books and magazine distribution in Hong Kong. He pretty much had a monopoly, and and life was good. Um, right. And then you flash forward to around 2003 or 2002. We had SARS, we had the Asian economic crisis, we had September 11. Mm. Oil prices went up, which meant that it affected our shipping rates. How did September 11 affect you? So oil prices were Just, just oil prices, yeah. right. Uh, global currencies changed. I think there was a, just a global recession after that, yeah. which affected us. People were being made redundant in Hong Kong. Well, that was about the time the dot-com bubble burst yes, as well, right? Exactly. Yeah. And then um, Amazon came on around that time and you had these big uh, bookshops like Borders and Barnes and Nobles. For us in Hong Kong, we had an influx of new competition. So there was Dimex from Australia, there was Page One from Singapore mm. and a few other brands. And, and how has that played out? Because well, I don't for, see yeah. Dimex around. For him at yeah. the time. Are Dimex even I here did, anymore? No, they're gone. You yeah. got them all. Nice. Did you get them all? <laughs> <laughs> Did you just have like you had like the whiteboard? You just hit, hit targets on all of them. We did what we did. We do what we do. <laughs> <laughs> That's a little scary when you say like. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't want to know what you actually did. Um, not wearing masks in those stores. <laughs> so, uh, was your dad still in charge yeah, at that he time? Was, and we had enjoyed. My sister and I had enjoyed the company. Then we came on two thousand and one. And think. and how did he? How was he at handling this idea of competition coming in? So he did what he could, but everything hit him at one go. There was mm. the Asian economic crisis. There was competition. There was SARS. Uh, and I think he was at a point where he was thinking, okay, time's up. I think I'll just close shop. But mm. it just so happened my sister and I had both come back to Hong Kong. I was living in the UK. I was living and working in London. My sister had just finished studying art in Melbourne. And we thought, oh, we'll take a bit of a gap here from working and help out in the office, not really realizing the impact of what was going on. And started working with our dad at the same time. And possibly he had thought, well, well, we'll give it a go and see what happens since my daughters have joined the business. Would have been pretty excited about that, I guess. It's what he wanted for the longest time. And we had resisted and resisted. And even then, I don't think we were thinking we would stay. It was literally a stopgap before figuring out what we wanted to do back in Hong Kong. And so we stuck around and my sister worked in the shops. I worked in the wholesale side of things. Mm. And then he passed away almost a year and a half later. Sorry to hear that. So we were in charge. And, and, and that's sort of how the business continued through that 
difficult time and 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 so you took it over in the tough time we took it over in the tough time so you were asking you know what was the previous tough time that was that was probably it it was the worst and how i mean you know how do you remember do you think about that time what what comes to mind so if i can think of one so we did a lot of things many did not work many mistakes and quite a few things did and one thing if i could point to one thing that really worked and and gave us the sort of positive reinforcement we needed was so we were younger then we liked to party and Mm. so we every time we'd meet an author who had released a book we'd throw a launch party for them in the shops yeah and my dad had started a membership program that um meant that he had collected something like two or three thousand email addresses okay which at that time was like people didn't think about email lists right yeah yeah now you email people it goes into spam but at the time they everyone but also the concept of having an edm list which is everyone data 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 now i think at that time starting it was just but there were no platforms you you literally sent it from your own inbox right hi it's me (laughs) 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 and you'd have to you know do a few hundred email yeah, addresses time, at a yeah. time, otherwise yeah. it would get blocked. And yeah, you get it from at Hotmail or whatever. <laughs> oh yeah. my god, I forgot about yeah. that. Yeah. Oh my god. Um. So we pre-email spam yeah. filters. <laughs> yeah, we emailed our customers. Said, "Come to this book launch. There'll be free wine." Um, the author would bring people, and that created positive associations with our brand again. People were excited about being in a bookshop, talking about books, being around books and 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 i think that's the the trajectory we took with our brand we we made it about community and we hosted loads of events um, lots of children's events and it surprised us how popular it was i guess there just isn't that much to do or back then wasn't that much to do with kids in hong kong oh even now even now so every time we had a storytelling or even a craft activity the shop yeah. would be full of parents, usually dads on a Sunday with their kids. And I'm hearing you loud and clear. <laughs> <laughs> and they were great. You know, really, really good feel-good factor. And, yeah. um, and, and that, that helped us rebrand. And then from then, we, for we realized it was about the experience people had in the shop and about the connections they made with other people in the shop, with the books, with the staff, and... That's how we, we, we rebuilt um, uh, the company. We, we put a really strong emphasis on experience, in-store experience. Another yeah. reason why we're probably very late to the digital party, because our, our whole emphasis has been about in-store. Yeah. Having, launched a, web, store, having yeah. launched a website in 2020. I know, really <laughs> late to the party, right? <laughs> Did you not have a website at all before that? We had a website I think we built it in 2010, and yeah. then by 2015, it was embarrassing. Right. We just took it down. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> things change so quickly, right? Yeah. But yeah, it's yeah. also uh, kind of crazy to think of like the biggest books, like store chain in Hong Kong does not have a website. If I looked I it up last year, there is no website. We had, we had digital presence. So we had Facebook, sure, Instagram. Yeah. yeah. So it's not like you were in need of a job, though, because you, you, you went to law school. Yes. And... Did you work in investment banking? I did, and Credit Suisse. And so, and also some American law firms. He, yeah. Here or mm. somewhere else? Uh, both, here and in London. Mm. So, it, you know, th- there's an element of this. I, I'm always fascinated by this, and a lot of the guests we have on are the same. This transition from, you know, the corporate world to something that you can be more yeah. passionate about. Yeah. 
Does that do, does that resonate with you? It does, except I was really passionate about working. Um, I know. <laughs> yeah, you, did, you did the and reverse. Yeah. <laughs> I love Like now it. I'm stuck in this stupid bookstore. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love what I do. I really do. I'm so happy. Working with books every day and our customers. And your sister. And the team and my sister and my family. How petty do you guys get at work? Um, we are over our issues. <laughs> <laughs> we work really well together. Yeah. <laughs> now it took time, but we're good yeah. i just imagine like the smallest <laughs> we, things yeah. we can still yeah. like like and then uh, we like email back and forth you know? oh my god uh, i think it's really good well i don't think it'll sell but i like it but i don't think <laughs> oh that's what i was thinking more like oh i thought we were gonna you know put the books up alphabetically but i guess we haven't done that right now you know <laughs> i also like the idea that i have two brothers and a sister so you know, you know how it we is. go petty fast yeah is your sister here as well right she is she's across the street we right can invite her. so i like the idea that you communicate with your sister yeah. via email the whole time. We're usually sitting right next right. to no, no, each no. other. She just opens the window and yeah. yells out at her. <laughs> no, I like that. Like, also, you said like passive-aggressive emails, like things like with regards. <laughs> and the neighbors are like, the merchant and only sisters are fighting again. Um, no, but in all seriousness, we work really well together and it's, it's so nice to work with her. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. And we figured out our roles, what she does, what I do. It took us a while, but now... It's just, it's perfect. Like, those are her bits, and I do everything else. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so, what about Amazon? Like, how they're still in the game? So, it's interesting, right? We were talking about Dimmicks and Page One before, and, and what I meant by, by we do what we do is we, we focus on just being a good bookseller to our customers, and people will come and go. And, and most of the big players have left, but our biggest competition is, is Amazon now. That's and and how how do we compete with them? We can't. We just stay small and do our thing. So it's still an ongoing yeah. challenge that you have. Um, and and every bookshop in the world has. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's phenomenal. I mean, I think about like you, you know you you mentioned like Borders and Dimmicks coming in. I mean, they got smashed by Amazon in Australia. Yeah. Um. I I, I remember going to the bookstore was like such a great thing. Um. It, Which bookstores are? In Melbourne, I would yeah. go to small bookstores, yes. but then we would the then Borders opened up, and it was yeah. this huge thing. And then mm. they got they but they also got yeah. creamed. Yeah. Um. So it wasn't even like the big players were resistant to it. Yeah. Yeah. Do you? What's your view on the Kindle? I have a Kindle. Oh, okay. I read on. The <laughs> I love the Kindle. I'm a huge fan. I I don't hate it, but I don't love it. It's. It's good for portability. I right, can, travel, it's like crazy. Yeah, or even it's light. I can, right. I, I can put Graham, in my like handbag. It's quite nice it, to yeah. read as well, though. It's not bad. It's easy on <laughs> the eyes. I prefer a book. I am not just saying that because I want to sell books. We but, sell Kindles, by the way, at Bookazine. Okay. Um, but I just prefer flipping the pages. Yeah. Interesting, yeah. Are you a big note taker in the books? No, but I wreck my books. I don't know why. <laughs> That's it one of the reasons happens. I don't like books anymore yeah. is because I, they're just so chewed up by the time I'm done yeah. with them. Some just people the are, you know, they keep their books so well and pristine. I had to change the way I hold books. That's me because I read the first three pages and, and then I put it, it back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's why my you books are everything. very neat. <laughs> the first three and the last yeah. three. That's yeah. the secret. <laughs> <laughs> That's also the name of the don't last book I read. read. <laughs> How do you turn the pages without dan- damaging them? I don't turn the pages. I don't turn the pages. <laughs> I had to change the way I hold books because I was just ruining them the way that I hold them. Uh, I read something on the news uh, that this year actually has helped book sales worldwide, yeah. right? That's what yeah. I was about to ask you, actually. Yeah. So so COVID 
It's, it, so SARS was bad for you because yes. I guess you weren't doing delivery then? Or? No, it was your friend. People, I, I don't, yeah. When did I, maybe was, people were less inclined yeah, to... They, they yeah, weren't, they weren't opting to read instead of going out. They were just scared. When did you start doing delivery? Yeah. So we started with a WhatsApp business channel. Because we our website wasn't ready. Right. And that was in February, March, I guess. Of and this year. Mm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey. I thought you were like, we in, in 1998. No, it was like no. a couple of months ago. <laughs> <laughs> also, interesting timing. That's a, so that's started perfect. Like February this but year. hang on, yeah. Feb. So we, Feb? We, we didn't plan to launch a website. Well, great. No, but the, the delivery time. That's, yeah, that's Feb what I'm is, the like timing is like best month. Yeah. And again, we didn't plan to do that. We just had, there was just demand. Customers wanted books. Yeah in their homes and so we we you know we started a whatsapp channel and we said tell us what you want and we'll deliver and it became almost like a book concierge service Mm. where we were making recommendations and people were delivering to friends in quarantine or as gifts and and that was fine and then june we launched our website and yes we do delivery through our website Mm. what do you think is your edge over amazon like what strength do you have so the biggest edge we have right now and we will change this as we we do need to like it's it's a new thing we just Mm. launched our website and we we do need to think about the bigger strategy but right now when you go online you see our inventory live so if you want a book and it's it's there. Yeah. You're gonna get it tomorrow or the following day. Speed. If you offer order on Amazon or any of the other online bookshops, then you're it's gonna take two weeks. Especially now. That's a huge advantage. Yeah, especially now because of the mailing times being. Yeah, shipping is wrecked yeah. right now. It's super unreliable. Yeah. Do you do the the Booking.com thing when you go like this book will disappear in? Like there is like a cr- countdown next to the book. I hate that. <laughs> I know, but it would be anxiety funny. attack every time I'm trying to book a hotel. You do that as just like a marketing gimmick. That's a good idea. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, I have a couple of ideas for you. About doing, like later. Eighteen market. people are thinking about buying well, this book. That's exactly <laughs> right. Yes. yes. Thank you. That's it. <laughs> right. Uh, the other idea is like Uber reads. You can just, yeah. yeah, here you go. You can just like cooperate with Uber instead of Uber Eats and there will be Uber Reads since you So deliver. they get it right away. Yes. But they'll have to pay a premium. Good idea. Yeah. 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 All right. All right. Yeah. Two ideas. Two ideas. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, why don't any of our businesses work, Mohammed? <laughs> <laughs> Mister, I just got an MBA out of nowhere. <laughs> um, so what makes a good book? Like, what do you, what, what, what? Ooh. Um, you, do you like nonfiction or fiction? Fiction. Mm-hmm. Fiction's yeah. better? So good writing. Good writing makes a good book. Um, relatability. Um, do you are you uh, from the school of like the the the, the book is always better than when it's than on the screen? Movie. I mean, yeah. that's well, true there, though. It's true, yeah. except for the English Patient, which is one of I was my about favorite. To ask, do you have books, any exceptions? Which I and they were so different. The the book and the movie were so different, and they mm. were both beautiful. Yeah, I, I, I feel this way that. about the Kite Runner. Okay, yeah. I have seen the movie and yeah. I loved it, but I haven't read it. But oh, it's my re- sister's favorite book. You read the same books as my sister. Oh, really? <laughs> um, th- th- it's the kind of like book and movie that are both quite different, but and they're both, both brilliant. beautiful. Yeah. yeah. The book is very heavy, though. Yeah, that's yeah. why I didn't read yeah, it. Yeah, it's pretty heavy. So, um, so how, how, many, how many branches do you have at the moment or shops? I don't so know what you call it. So we have nine bookazine stores, but mm. we also, my sister and I opened um, a few new retail concepts. So... Yeah. We open uh, Party Time, which is a party accessory store. We do balloons and party, party 
For the biggest party town on earth. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have two sweet shops. We And that literally started because... Did we, you do that for your customers or did you do that for yourself? We <laughs> tried the most amazing bar of chocolate. <laughs> wow. Um, and, and that's how it started. It is from a small town in the UK and the brand is called Pump Street. Uh, Pump Street Bakery. Mm. And they were bakery first and then they started making chocolate and they put sourdough in their chocolate. Huh. And it was delicious. Yeah. Um, and they're, they're actually world famous. They're so good. Mm. And we thought, we need, to bring this, we need to bring this to Hong Kong. And we did. We started selling it through our bookstore, but it didn't, you know, it, it, it didn't do it justice. Mm. And then we realized this, this type of chocolate is called craft chocolate. And there's lots of art, artisanal craft chocolate makers all over the world. And they do small batch uh, chocolate. They literally fly to... Um, the town where they grow the, uh, the cacao beans. Mm. They choose it. They bring it over. They roast it all in their kitchen. I got to get some of this chocolate. You're, yeah. so, you're, you're so selling the pants yeah. on this chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> and and, there's, and there's, there's lots of it all over the world. And, and we, we've become a bit of a hub for craft chocolate in Hong Kong. Uh, maybe again, at this time we're early to the party. Oh, nice. It hasn't quite taken off in the way that craft beer or craft gin or... It's definitely a thing though. Like I know even like in New York, they have these like micro um, chocolate production Exactly. Houses. I think it's only a thing in rich cities though, right? Well, like I, can't, I come from Cairo. They will never take off there. Yeah, but you guys don't even have passports, so... Yeah, or chocolate. <laughs> Maybe. Cars think think aren't like the benchmark of if a business should work. chocolate. <laughs> Once you start selling rice, we'll be interested. By the way, how funny is this? So my son is three. And I'm reading him a story the other night. He points at the picture and he goes, oh, what's that? And I said, it's a pyramid. And he goes, ah, that's where Muhammad's from. <laughs> <laughs> the Aussie and him came out pretty early. <laughs> I don't know where he got that oh, from. Yeah, it's a shocker, <laughs> I know. <laughs> but I love it because he's, he's actually from Giza where the pyramids are. Yeah. So I was like, I'm like, that's really accurate, actually. <laughs> you nailed it, little man. So what, what's the future for Booker Z? Do you, you see yourself going more down the path of opening up these concept stores or... Perhaps, or more digital, I think, um, going forward. we uh, Are people reading more or less? Like what, what? This year, people are reading more. Yeah. Because, because of, of COVID. COVID. Yeah. Yes, they're home. They have time. And they are buying more books for their children. And they're un- a lot of them are unemployed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Great time to get into reading. Yeah, do you think sad. people get into reading if they are unemployed? Like, do you think it's something that people pay for as a necessity? Or is like it's in a their luxury. spare time? Yeah. Is it a luxury or... Really a bit of both. Mm. And we have our business uh, business execs who read business books mm. faithfully and they buy every new business book out there and, and they will they will devour it. They'll they'll read everything because so they like want to know. Yeah. Um, and then people people read when they have time. Yeah. But it is so time it is really time consuming. Like in, it's in, a in living in a Hong Kong, it's like the the hour like if you sit down and think about the hours it takes to read a book. Like a, especially a big book. <laughs> it's a big people commit to like it's like committing to a Netflix series. Yeah, it's like you gotta put in the time yeah. if you're gonna it's get a through choice. it. 
Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I mean, I say that as someone that likes to do it, but being honest, like having two kids and stuff, it's like you got to find time to get through a book. It's true. That's Um, why I love traveling because you get on a plane, it's just like boom, you just like rip through a book. Yeah. Yeah. And that's when most people read. Um, Sue, it's interesting because is our biggest competitor Amazon or is our biggest competitor Netflix? Oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah. Because you are in now this like. If I if I could call it the attention economy, yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, what's your take on audiobooks? Oh, Ooh, good question. It, mm. You know, I don't know if it's not taken off in Hong Kong because no one's doing it, or mm. if no one's doing it because it hasn't taken off. I've never tried it, but I know people love it. People love it. I just can't yeah. focus. I, I don't I listen. Tried to get into it and failed miserably. Okay, yeah, um, it I put me to sleep. My wife loves it. Really? I can't. I can't do it. Yeah, no, I, I think it's for people it. who do long drives. You can you can put it on in the car and. I would crash in like five minutes because I would just like, yeah, I would de- like I would either focus on the road or focus on what. But like a podcast, you don't need to really know too That's much of exactly what's going right. on. Yeah. Whereas like if I need to follow the facts, yeah. I'm sitting there like, I, in fact, if I have like an information heavy podcast, I'm sitting there going back through that's, it that's yeah. what because I'm th- like I didn't pay attention to some yeah. critical part of the story you miss a word or something and you get yeah. no idea what they're talking about no, that, that's what happened like I had Audible on my phone and I downloaded a couple of books yeah. like the free ones just to try and I kept going back and I realized after like an hour that I went through like five pages I'm like reading it is actually faster yes because I keep missing well, well it's, it dude it's faster because you read faster than you can speak that's it well, no for me it was also like because I'm listening and I'm just distracted but, but, but if you if, if, if yeah. you are faced with a video and a transcript and yeah. you want to get through it quickly you read the transcript right yeah of course because you will read faster than yeah. they're going to speak we skim as well when yeah we skim read, read. Right. Yeah. yeah but my friend um, she loves it and she'll talk about the different accents um, or you know, <laughs> yeah. like it's the thing you know who the who's doing yeah. the the reading and and what their delivery is like. Do you think there is any business in 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 audiobooks for you moving forward? I don't know. Um, like he's he's looking for, for he's he's plugging for a job here, Mister yeah. <laughs> MBA. Do you think that people would like to hear from an Egyptian accent? <laughs> <laughs> the subtle art of not giving a. This book is narrated inside a pyramid. This book was written. <laughs> this book was written on Conduit Road. <laughs> um, I, I, I don't know. Unless it takes off globally, I don't think it's going to take off in Hong you don't Kong. Think I think it's it becomes off. a thing. Mm. Yeah. I think it's niche. It's super niche. It's niche, yeah. But it's, uh, that's kind of interesting because the podcast has really taken off. Yes. Like it's a multi billion dollar business this right year, now. right? Like, I think it's especially this podcast. Like, <laughs> we're doing right. okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, podcasting went down this year. Oh, really? Yeah, because people listen on a commute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so podcasting is doing, I think, okay at the moment. But certainly when lockdown came, podcasting listening went way down. Wow. Yeah, because it's an individual thing as well. People don't sit around in the living room listening to a podcast. Yeah. But they yeah, wouldn't I listen to that. an audiobook either. That's right. Yeah, no, they would. Really? Yeah. Together? Oh, I heard something really interesting the other day. If you're like a 70-year-old couple, maybe it's like you're not everything <laughs> sitting in your living room. Come here, children. The subtle art of not giving a fuck is on again. Let's all hold hands and talk about what we learned. Put it back. I missed facts in it. <laughs> um, yeah, I was listening to uh, Hugh Jackman talking recently, saying that him and his wife every morning read to each other. Oh, that's so sweet. I'm like, well, you guys are sociopaths. Yeah, yeah, that is, that, that is, that is pretty weird. <laughs> read to each other. Is one of them blind? Yeah. <laughs> 
But I mean, like, the, the irony being, like, I feel like she's getting the better deal. Because <laughs> he's an because actor. He, yeah. No, because it's like, this Hugh book Jackman is read is... by Hugh Jackman. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, that's why you would listen to the audio book. <laughs> yeah. So he's getting the book read by somebody, you know. <laughs> uh, I don't know if this is, like, even appropriate question to ask, but would you recommend a book right now? Like, I don't know if that's, like, you can plug a book or not. By the way, that is not what I was expecting you to follow <laughs> up with. <laughs> yeah, but I thought maybe you're, like, you can't be biased. You know what I mean? Oh, no, we can be biased. Dude, they, had, they recommend books on the website. <laughs> yeah, right. But it's different when it comes from her because people will actually take her word for it. Like, Because at the store, no, people you will have, be like, you oh, they're cu- trying to sell that. You have curated- and that is actually my, the favorite part of my job, recommending books. Okay, you have, you have curated lists on you. Do, yeah. do you have a list? We do have curated lists. But are they, is it you on the list? It's or? a very small group of us. So our mm. book buyer, my sister, me, and one or two other people in the office. Yeah, I hate reading a book that I don't like. I then stop reading. I, but I yeah. do. But I. But, but I'm but like. Why? <laughs> but it just annoys me so much because it's so much time. Because because you give like hours and hours and you're like ah this is, <laughs> yeah. this is awful. No, I I, I, I just jump ship. Just I'm like I don't I don't care anymore. Yeah, but I, I but you, you know I don't want to stop like the second I start not liking yeah, it. Yeah, this you know? is true because sometimes you persevere and it gets better. Gr- yes. Totally, totally, hundred yeah. percent. It also yeah. it's it's if you're reading it, you know you've you've read it. I'm not going to read something unrecommended. Yeah. You know, it's like the subtle art of whatever. It's that yeah. it, it did super well. So that's true. I kind of like I don't regret it, but I went with the wave. Everyone's like, you should read this. You should read this. And then I'm like, all right. And then yeah, wasn't great. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, what should we read? Um, so I just finished reading "Leave the World Behind" by Ruman Alam. A really good book. Okay. Yeah. You want me to tell you what it's about? Yeah, yeah. let's do yeah, it. Please do. Okay. So. Um, there's a family who go on holiday, and it's set in the U.S., and they go out into the woods, very um, sort of quiet, uh, hidden away from, from everywhere else, um, family holiday, sort of like an Airbnb. They've rented this, this cottage from, uh, from, from someone, and then the internet goes down, and the couple who own the cottage uh, turn up in the middle of the night and say, something's happened. They don't know what. It's too scary to, to check to go out there. But it's either um, war, a nuclear disaster, something. And, and it just leaves it to your imagination. And can they, can they gate crash in their own house because they have nowhere to go? And, and, and this couple's black and the family who's renting's white. And there's all these issues. Racial there. tensions wow. yeah. and stuff. Not really racial tensions, but little little inklings, little issues. Yeah. They're older, they're younger, um, and it's very scary. That it's sounds like a great brilliant. plot for a movie, too. Yeah, I, I'm sure it'll be made yeah. into a movie. It just came out. Is this a new book? Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Did you ever read those, like, uh, sort of teenage horror books, like Christopher Pike or anything like that? Yeah, no. I used to crush those. I, I don't like horror. Oh. I'm, I watch horror, like, closing my eyes. Yeah. I don't know. I, I What's good. your take on George R.R. R. Martin? Um, I haven't read the books. I should, but I mm. love the series, except like the last the episode, of sure. course. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What's, is that uh, yeah, the Game, Game of Thrones author? Yeah. Because like his books are doing, still doing really yeah, well, right? But they did better before. Is yeah. this whole thing with uh, who's the lady from Harry Potter? Uh, J.K. Rowling. Uh, is yeah. this a, what's because she's getting hot water with her most recent book, right? No, it was because of a statement she made. Yeah, she, about trans tweet, people, right? Yeah, a tweet but or something. she wrote something. Her recent book just came out. It's called The Ichabog, but I don't think there's been any issues around it. Uh, yeah, I'd have it. to look it up. Yeah, I think there was something yeah. to do. Yeah. 
Actually, maybe. as someone who has read the Game of Thrones books and oh, watched have. the show, uh, yeah, except for like the last one. He hasn't written the last one. No, no, not that one. The, the one before that. Yeah, okay. but like as someone who's actually read it and I'm fascinated by the show, I really liked it. Actually, the books are better. Yeah. Yeah, the books like if you obviously are into fiction as well, you would li- it's it's a commitment for it, sure. That's what I was going to say. Are gigantic. They're gigantic. Yeah. 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 But it's one of these things that I knew and about the show. So many characters. Yeah. And so it's a real investment yeah. and a commitment. But it's actually kind of cool. I don't know if, if you think the same way. If you start reading a book after watching the show or a movie, you yeah. put a face on the characters. It's, it's ruined, right? It, w- to me it wasn't for Game of Thrones because Yeah, so he thought they were all Egyptian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, the hell these white people you mean they're not all Indian <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly it was kind of cool to put a face on all the characters yeah. uh, but like if you make the commitment to the, the books I yeah. really recommend them especially okay. the first the first few the first three okay. or four very very good well thank you so much for coming on today I really appreciate thank it it's so been much. awesome yeah yeah that was great can I say happy Diwali or is that yeah no perfect thank yeah, you racist slash late or both <laughs> <laughs> neither no, no, okay, I'm good happy Diwali then thank you <laughs>